Now, about to witness the awesome man crushing uh, might the UD. Robinson Show Stop it! Oh, welcome, my friends. The show that seemingly never ends. This is a one, nine, nine of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stop. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Intro music played as usual by Stigmata. It's from Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro Out of Nothing. Yeah, we might do something special for 200. But right now, Bob Riley is going to sing us in, as he has in 2007. I want you to listen. Listen well, because this record is still available from Revelation Records in Hollywood Beach, California, where they hit the car with a hammer, shoot you to death in a nightclub, and run your mayor pro champ out of town. Still available. Go to Revelation Records, type in Stigmata. The calling of the just. But first, listen. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So be in payback in full, always, nothing. All right, my friends. <laughs> different time, different place. And now, yes, I look like a sea captain. It seems like I should start singing sea shanties to you. Good um, fish chowder makes me want to cry for more. Fills you up from your head to your toenails. Makes you hear the ocean roar. Yeah, there you go. There's your sea shanty for today. This is round, as I've said, round a one, a nine, nine. It's not that easy to come up with those fingers if you don't think about it prior to. Um, and let me show you, just before we even get to the commercials, for those of you, <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I, I got to pop, like it's a few feet away, actually. Let me show you, this is going to be like an internet meme game where they say, no cheating, last thing you just typed on your, on your, on your Instagram, and the last thing I just typed on my Instagram has to do with Craig Jones. So it's apropos, right? It's apropos. So Craig Jones, uh, you know, a very funny guy. He's got this whole thing, Mexican ground fighting instead of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's, it's very funny. You know, Australians are very funny. 
And then he puts he puts this uh, B team JJ, and I'll just show it to you. We're here on a Sunday, updating the cameras, 16 4K security cameras. So obviously we're going to be covering every round. I'm going to be selling access if you have a score on me. I like that. Submit me. I like that. a premium for those videos. Obviously, access to the women's change room is going to come at a much higher rate than those regular videos. Okay. I guess dude hasn't been reading the newspapers for the last 20 years. Somebody says, well, it's, it's funny. And so last thing I typed, uh, uh, last thing I typed was this. My daughters do jujitsu, but maybe he'll think it's funny when I'm dicking down his mom. <laughs> ah, see, you show up early, you get little tidbits like that. Of how I spend my time on the interwebs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, uh, to which the response from uh, the jujitsu community was not everything is about you, Eugene. Or 51% of the population. If I'm a woman who does jujitsu, I don't think that shit's funny. Pencil dick. I've got, I, I got a sense of humor as much as the next guy. <laughs> but cameras, it's funny until you know a guy who lost, like, I know a guy who had a tanning salon and the false ceiling, they not only, okay, it would have been bad enough if he had set up cameras in the false ceiling at his own tanning salon. He had a chain of them, ruined, ruined out of his. But they found him in the false ceiling, not just the cameras, but him. He had crawled his entire bodybuilding body into the false ceiling so he could watch. It's like, what are you, 12 years old? Let me guess what the woman looks like naked titties and vagina. Oh, <laughs> are you 12 years old? Are you 12 years old? Only way this shit makes any difference at all is if she's got designs on you, if she likes you. Otherwise, it's just a naked body that has not much utility to you after all. Yeah, I, I, and I, you know, I don't want to hear, oh, you're a humorless prick. I, I the fucking humor, man. Is it like a, it's like a fraternity? It's a fraternity, right? It's a fraternity. Like, you don't have women who train there. No mothers are bringing their kids there no girls are trained there right it's just a bunch of dudes on dudes right <laughs> I, I, I i don't, don't want to spend much time on that but i was like I, I was just typing that and i look up and go oh my god i should start the show so i'm wasting my time on that instead of starting the show so now i'm going to start the show commercials pinko95014 at yahoo.com uh, uh uh is the paypal address uh, patreon.com slash the stomper if you want to donate uh, uh, through the uh, patreon uh, you oh man this is getting to be tough dollar sign planet oxbow for cash app venmo i think is eugene dash robinson dash 28 that's it i got nothing else all you could do it the easy way the tommy pounds way is to send it through the mail but to do that you have to have my address and more people have probably have my phone number than have the address. Tommy Pounds is one of them. So whatever. So that that's it. That's uh, 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 
that's uh, uh, the commercial. And I have to tell you, if you haven't been following me on at Eugene S. Robinson on the uh, Twitter machine, I've just, I haven't stopped laughing about this. This cracks me. This is Decibel Magazine, for those of you who don't know. And they have, in a very nice way, given me the back page of every issue. The close, what they call in magazine terms, the closer. And, uh, and I think, you know, yeah, they pay me for it. But one of the big delights for me of the closure, closer is that, guys, uh, Ed Luce's illustrations. And if you, somebody said, Mel Gibson? Nah, it's actually, it's actually me and uh, uh, Scott Kelly. And that's supposed to be a scion. <laughs> It was actually gray with with white teeth on the front, like ah, on the front. But uh, it's it's. I mean, if you don't even go any further than the illustration, it's completely hilarious. And that's the new decibel. So th- that's kind of constitutes a commercial, as well as a Substack, which we're going to get into a little bit uh, a little bit later. Um, and, and you know, like I say on this show, oh god, on this show you get the backstory. So we're going to give you the backstory. I'm sitting right next to the heater, so now I'm dying. Um, so, uh, uh, so I got the commercials out of the way. Oh, so I want to tell you a story. And usually this is how it works about how I got here today and about what I've been doing. So before we get into the meat of the matter. So um, yesterday, um, I'm talking, right? So I bought the Subaru, you might remember 2019, right? And it was when I had that call to call to God meeting with the German auto dealer. The Audi secondhand Audi I had was falling apart, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! I got four thousand dollars for the transmission. I can't afford this shit. And and the guy has had a he was we spoke German to each other. He kind of liked me, and he said, "Hey, you got to talk to you for a minute." And I was like, "Yeah." And he said, "Do you have a romantic attachment to the Audi?" Like he goes, like a lover gave it to you or something. I go, no, man, it's just a car. Okay, if it's just a car, might you consider getting a new one? I, I can't, I can't afford a new one, man. He goes because it's gonna cost you four thousand dollars to fix this one, and you put, do you want to put four thousand? You could put four thousand dollars down on a new car. I go, I don't have thirty one thousand dollars for a car, and he just looked at me like. You poor son of a bitch. How did you make it through life like this? How did you make it through life like this? And I just, I, I, uh, and I'll tell you, sometimes people don't give you lessons in adulting. Did anybody ever sit you down and tell you this is how you rent an apartment? I wonder there's so many fucking homeless people. Nobody ever sits you down and tells you how to do this. You got to muddle through this shit yourself. So I go, wait, wait, wait what are you talking about? I don't have $31,000 to buy a new vehicle. He goes, you don't need $31,000. You walk into a dealership and you, and you 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 can you can buy a car with no money down. Don't you see those signs that say no money down? I don't believe him. So I go to my uh, the Oxbow's drummer, who is a race car fabricator and knows about cars. He was like, "Yeah, what are you thinking?" And I was like, "God damn it! I wondered how poor people. How come every single poor person I know drives a ride that looks better than mine?" And now I can see why cops were stopping me all, well, one of the reasons cops were stopping me all the time is that I was driving cars that look like products of poverty because who can't walk in and get a car for no money down? Army of the rich, forget about those guys. Class war, okay, that's not what we're talking about. And so I go, okay, he goes, how long have you had your job? So, well, this is when I've been at Aussie, like for, well, it was 2019. So I've been at Aussie 
seven years already at that point. So, so I walk to the dealership. I drive, go to a cheap section of town over there, and I get I get the Subaru. I'm so excited. I just went based on styling. This is a beautiful looking car. People say, ah, you got the lesbian car. I go, whatever. I don't give a shit about that. You like it? Guys, yeah, kind of gutless. Hmm. Okay. Kind of gutless. Uh, you like it? Yeah, it's a little tiny. I can never, I'm trying to fit shit in the back. I mean, not major shit. I got a piece of sheetrock. I'm trying to put it in the back and I got to put it on the roof. Well, the rack doesn't really work. So I go back to the dealership. The rack, They say, that's not a rack. That's the bottom part of the rack mount. You have to buy the rack. I'm a little irked. So then uh, uh, I call a few weeks ago. Uh, concierge. And then they, they talked me into, you can upgrade. You can upgrade. And I do the, the 2020. I said, I'll take it. Whatever. 2020. Keep the same. Keep the same monthly note. 500 bucks. Monthly note. And then the guy calls me and he says, hey, you know, could you come back in? It, it was going to be real quick. It took four hours. Fuck, I don't have four hours. And he called, calls me when I get back home. He goes, could you come back in? I go, what's the problem? He says, well, you forgot to pay the something tax. I go, so you gave it to me. And you be, and, I, and he says, yeah. I go, just add it on to the credit card. He goes, I can't do that. I go, oh, well, then email it to me. I can't do that. You got to come in. I go, I'm not coming in, man. I just left there. Can't you just tag? I can't do that. You got to come in. I go, this is really your responsibility, right? He goes, yeah, but you know, you're going to, you're going to screw me over. I said, tell you what, if I come back in, can we undo all the paperwork? You just give me back to 2019. So now I can feel the guy's got in his voice. Eugene's kind of a dick. So take, it's my time. My time is valuable. So he gets cranky with me. So I go in again for servicing after that guy sees me, gives me the high hand, won't talk to me. That's fine. That's fine. I got the 220. I'm driving around. Yeah. Take it to LA. Yeah. Fine. I no longer try to fit stuff in. I make do whatever. It's servicing and it's servicing. And, uh, um, I, I will, I will call. They have a concierge service. They're always offering. If you're within five miles of the dealership, they'll pick it up. I call the concierge service, not too much adjective. They come and pick it up. They take it. They bring it back. Now they bring it back. Now I'm noticing like pools of fluid under it. And I have, you know, with a used car, what I do is I get down, I smell the fluid, you know, and I'm not tasting it and smell, is it water? Is it oil? Is it, is it, is it the transmission fluid? What is it? I don't know what it is. That's not a problem. I don't care. And then the back door doesn't open. I call for the concierge service. They go, oh, we don't do that anymore. I go, you just did it three weeks ago. Well, we don't do it now. Huh. Well, it's messed up. Well, maybe you can make an appointment. I said, you know what? That's it. That's it. I need lessons in adulting. I'm at jujitsu complaining about it. Some guy says to me, younger guy, younger than me, he goes, why don't you just call We Buy Cars? WeBuyCars.com. I said, Okay. He goes, you know, they, they'll give you, you know, they'll pay you and you may, how much you owe on it? I said, I don't know, $20,000. Yep. So I call we, and the guy comes out, we buy cars, and the guy's got game. 
he's we're talking about music he's talking about the this and that he says interesting side note he goes i do this all over the state he goes i'm doing this in la and i look across the street and you know what i see i go what he goes the pussy wagon i go you mean from kill bill he goes yeah he goes it was tarantino's house he drives the pussy wagon I go, I guess he wasn't going to turn it in after what that, that's, as he, he got the movie and the car. What a good gig. So yeah, he drives around town. He needs to go. I'm going to, he's driving to the kid's school. <laughs> so, um, so the guy says, all right, how much you owe on this thing? $20,000. We'll give you $21,000. We'll do all the DMV paper or transfer title. Da, 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 da. We'll contact Chase. We'll pay off your loan, blah, 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 blah. I go out, it's only $1,000 over. I don't put $1,000 in my pocket. He goes, or you could just do it yourself. Put the ad on Craigslist and deal with lunatics and maniacs coming by. I said, low aggravation, what am I losing? MSRP on this thing is 30 grand. I've had it, put 8,000 miles on it, had it for uh, 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 two years. So maybe I get 25, uh, 24, 26, and I got to do all the paperwork. You know what? I'm willing to take a suck on this one for it. So I get rid of it. They're coming tomorrow to take it away. Okay. I'm not going to drive the Chevy every day because I can't afford the gas on that monster. I don't want to make my kid deaf. So I said, I'm going to go, I just go car, I go online best. And I'm done with mini subcompacts best, right? Yeah. Peace of mind is a valuable fucking commodity. So I go back to jujitsu. The guys are jujitsu. So you did. You just threw that money in. The, I go. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. 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 I know. That's that's what they said. What Candy has come. He said. Is what they said. They said. Look. You. You have. You threw all the money that you. And I go. He goes. It's like. Would you rent a house or would you buy a house? The difference is when you buy a house, that thing starts to increase in value. You buy a car. It starts to. It's like having a bucket with a hole in it. You could pour water in it and talking about saving at that point is fruitless because the money is draining out of the car. It's not like if I kept that Subaru for eight years, in eight years, I'd be happier because I have more and I'd be able to sell it for the amount. The value of it's going down. You try to find a sweet spot. I don't give a fuck. I'm done with mini subcompacts. I want something that's got some fuel utility. I'm not going electrical because I know how they do you with centralized power. Try not paying your electrical bill. Uh, so, so um, no. So I decide on leasing. I decide on leasing. I'm leaving this country in four or five years. I decide on leasing. So uh, four or five years, I can get up. Take it. Good luck. Bye. But who? What do I lease? 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 Well, I got the '65 Chevy Chevelle Malibu. What do I lease? I just go online. Number one is a company that I never would have thought of in a million years. Kia. Kia. Who the fuck buys a Kia? Who buys a Kia? Kia. Number one. Number one. Everybody loves a Kia. Yeah, number one. Car and driver three years in a row. All right? So I go, Kia. What kind of Kia? I go, Kia, tell you ride SX or, or EX. I don't know the fucking difference don't care. And you can do this all online. All online. Simple, all online. So I do this shit all online, waste not any time at all. 
Saturday, so he come pick up the car. Of course, I go to pick up the car, and then I got to go through the paperwork. All right, okay, I, I knew maybe that I wasn't going to get a guy out of there. But in total, it was maybe an hour and 45 minutes. Not bad. They gave me the maintenance package upsell. I, I knew I was going to get a little in the ass. That's all right, 80 bucks more. But they, at this point, they, it's, if I go to oil changes, aggravation, I go to them, it's their responsibility. They don't. It's not their responsibility. Stop making payments and they report. What do I care? I'm not looking for looks. I'm looking for fuel utility. I'm looking for space to be able to haul shit around. And I'm looking for something in five years I can go, take it, get the fuck out of here. So I lease this thing, right? Lease it. Drive it off the lot yesterday. All right. Wait, 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 wait. So as I, there's a guy there, there are a couple of guys. One of the cats is trying to sell to me. I'm listening to his accent, and I go, where in Egypt are you from? The guy goes, how the fuck did you fucking know that to Egypt? And I go, I have my, my, my friend, Mohammed Kabir. <laughs> He's taught me a little, little Arabic. He's from Egypt. He's from Cairo. So you sounded like that, but not even so we start talk about that and talk about the last time I flew into Egypt. I was on my way to Israel. You can go to Tel Aviv, you go to this other place. But there's another cat there, an older white cat, kind of grandfatherly, and he keeps trying to strike up a conversation with me. And I'm there, and Cora's there, and Kasha's there, and they're running around. And so I'm like, hey, you know, he's he's, he's vibing on the kids. So I say, yeah, 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 yeah. Talking to the kid. But so then she gets in the car, takes off, because, I, you know, you can't drive two cars, so she drives off. And so I'm there, and as I'm about to leave, this guy, he's got, he's got, a, he's got a white hat like this one, right? He's got a white hat like this one. And they start, I walk up, and the owner says to me some shit that white cats like to say. And I, I'm convinced at this point, they like to say because they think it irks me. Or they think it will irk a black guy, right? He says, hey, play basketball? <laughs> And I, I'm smiling, and I look at him, and I stand a little too close. I go, nah, 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 I'm not. I'm in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I like to fight. And uh, and I, I think I said that because a couple of things were happening. He had been pitching shit at the guy with the white hat, and the guy with the white hat said to him, hey, I'm not afraid of anybody. And I go, hmm. And so <laughs> and so then I stand close to the guy and say, no, I'm, I'm in the fighting. I've been... I'm, 27 years into what they started out calling combat wrestling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, boxing at the boys club, wrestling in high school. That's this is that, that's my jam. Oh, no. I decided at basketball that everybody was a glory hog and that I had a certain skill set, a very special skill set, and I used that. I shot the ball from wherever I was, whether or not I thought I could make it, and I would elbow you in the throat in a second. Butcher ball is what they used to call it when I played. When I scored a point, the entire auditorium stood up and clapped because I scored three points in three years, essentially a point a year. I elbowed way more people in the throat than that. So <laughs> so as I'm leaving, dude in the white hat, he says, the guy's not afraid, and I stand too close to the guy. So now we have a common enemy. Apparently the common enemy is the boss there. And then finally I say, hey, man, where are you from? He goes, New York. And I was like, fuck, I knew it. I'm from New York. He, I go, where? He goes, 103rd and Lenox. 
I heard you there in Lexington. I don't remember. I go from Brooklyn. He goes, oh, fuck. He goes, I used to live in Brownsville when it was bad. Spent my time running from the Jolly Stompers. They go, Mike Tyson's gang, me too. <laughs> I was running from the Jolly Stompers too. He goes, I don't know if it was you or whatever. He goes, but you know, you're wearing the colors of, I got it, Latin Kings. Yesterday I was wearing a Latin Kings color. Most people don't remember. Gangs in New York City, the Warriors was after school special compared to the real shit that was happening. People were getting shot with zip guns, handmade guns, bullets and tubes with nails. And I mean, you had to read, read Harley's book about how the Lower East Side was back in the 60s and the 70s. People get straight getting raped up in the street in broad daylight. Not even a fucking joke. Yeah, it's essentially Lakers colors. No, no, no. I was wearing. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's kind of what I was wearing. Um, and. Dude, I said, when were you born? The guy goes, 1959. I goes, 62. We would have been in the same high school. What high school did you go to? How'd you get out here? He goes, well, they wouldn't have sent me to Spofford. I go, oh, my God. My mother used to work at Spofford. It's like Rikers Island for kids, but you didn't want to go there. You didn't want to go there. Okay. All indication should be that I should, I should stop here, right? We're broing down over, and then the guy says something. I go, where did you? That way you live, that's Spanish Harlem. He goes, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. And then I could hear it, right? So then we start speaking Spanish, right? Because I, for, to my ear, I love the sound of Puerto Rican Spanish. I adjust to the sound of, of the, what I like best about Mexican Spanish is that it's slow enough that I can understand it. I could still have to struggle to understand Puerto Rican Spanish because it's too fast. And that covers Dominican Republic. That covers Cuban, you know, uh, uh, it all, you know, it's, it's more mellifluous to my ear. Um, yeah. And so he starts up and they go, Latin Kings, Spanish Harlem. So I got a friend, outside chance. And so I mentioned the dude that, that I think that, you know, gang guy, same guy, 70s, Spanish Harlem. He goes, oh, shit. I go, oh, shit. He goes, and he describes him, and I go, this is mind-blowing, 3,000 miles. I walk into a random dealership on El Camino. Only reason I'm there is because they had an online web presence. And then I got nervous because, you see, the cat that we mentioned, we were good friends, good friends. And his girlfriend dumped him. His girlfriend dumped him. And we worked together. And he would complain to me about how terrible it was that she dumped him. I'm sure you've been on this show long enough to know where this is going. Not a particularly proud moment for your humble narrator, but I end up getting with the girlfriend. And I had intended to tell him, and but it seemed like inopportune to tell him I don't want to ruin the friendship. So years went by and then one day I could tell he fucking knew. And it was like, I have no, it changed my life to a certain degree that ever since then I could, I, I reveal immediately. There's a, the same girl did the same thing to me. And the cat she did it with came and told me immediately. He and I are still friends. <laughs> me and the other cat in the Latin Kings, no longer friends. 
Because I could have told him any time, and I didn't. I was just hoping I would get lucky. I was young. That's my only excuse. But now I'm thinking, over the, over the through the mist of time, I'm thinking, do I want to bring this up now? Do I want him to say, now dude's got all my personal information. It's not like the guy's going to enact some revenge from 3,000 miles in 40 years. But, you know, it's that motherfucker. I don't want him to call the guy and the guy said, you know what that motherfucker did to me? He, you know, he listened to me, complained. And he, no, not the girl who claimed she had my child. This is the girl who stabbed the guy with the ice pick. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Ah, you know me. You know how I roll. She got kicked out of college because she stabbed the guy with an ice pick. She was hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so, and then I start to think witness protection program. Not a fucking chance in the world that that shit's going to work. There's not a chance in the world that, that shit works. You can't stop yourself. You can't. Listen, this whole thing was. Okay. And like somebody, uh, Marty G said at Jiu-Jitsu this morning, he says, listen, if you were on witness protection, you never would have said to the guy, are you from New York? I'm from New York, too. You might have said, are you from New York? But that's you got to know that that was a, a minefield. I go, mine for the 12 million people in that city. You said, yeah, but you were vibing, you know, simpatico with the guy. You shouldn't know. You, you had to know. I said, I didn't know. So the witness protection shit, that doesn't work. Same people go to the same places. Me and this guy never would. Our paths would have never crossed except for that one moment where I decide that Subaru is a piece of shit. I want to get rid of it. It's, it's about to break. I can feel it. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to deal. I'm going to get, and I just, boom, there. You can't, you can't hide. Not enough to change your habits. You have to completely, you have to like do the functional equivalent of having a, a head wound where you can't, like somebody says to you in the store, you like spaghetti? If you like spaghetti and you're a witness protection, you don't say I like spaghetti. You go, I fucking hate spaghetti. Not only do you hate spaghetti, but you have to enact that as a as a as a on your side. I don't get any I don't have an announcement. It's a it's a it's a life change. You can't go to a place that serves spaghetti. You can't buy spaghetti. You can't talk about spaghetti. You can't go to a website that has anything about spaghetti. You're done with spaghetti. Welcome to witness protection. You like dancing? Say goodbye to nightclubs. You like, you know, in the case of Samuel Bull Gravano, he wasn't trying very hard when he was dealing MDMA after he got out of jail in witness protection in Arizona. Um, and, you know, he was doing some atypical things. I could have found that guy not much trouble at all. Not much trouble at all. Start with a New York accent. So I get home, and the wife goes, you're a little bit late. I can't do anything about the sound. I got as you. Usually they send me an announcement. I don't have an announcement, so I got to assume it's you, Mr. K. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to understand me if you heard me. <laughs> I'm not making any sense at all here. You know, I think it's you. I think it's you. Ah, maybe. So I get home, and the wife says, did you meet somebody from New York? She had left before I even had this conversation. How the fuck would you know that? And it's not like English is her first language. 
it's not so it's not like she would have heard his accent and he didn't have a strong one either it's not like she would have heard his accent he's been out here since he was 18 like me five minutes of talking to each other we're both accent wise level set we're both back there but before then i'm sounding like any californian to me She sensed it. So you want to, if you want to, if you ever want to live your life as a bad guy by any stretch, anywhere along the line, there's a guy who specializes in, who specialized in accents and so on. And he goes, you give me five minutes. I'll tell you exactly where you're from in the country within a hundred miles. I hear that all the time. Oh, there he is, Scotty. Yeah, this whole Scott Brian, Brian, Robert Brian shit, that's confusing. My name's Eugene, but you can call me John. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, emails from Mr. Scott Brian. I'm like, what the fuck? Fuck it. Oh, Robert Brian. Scott, I got you. I don't know, first name, middle name. We don't have to go into it. So, so dude, uh, glad to meet you. In the midst of the conversation, I go, hey, man, so you're from Puerto Rico, yeah? So you know, I used to have a place down in Humacayo. He goes, "Oh, it was, it was, it was. I can't, I can't, I can't." You think the world is big? You want to commit a crime? Think about this shit before you do. The only way you can get away with it, the only way you can get away with shit, is if you do it like Camus, right? Or the only it's like Camus. Who? What, what, what do I mean? Like Camus? What, what? What do you mean? What do I mean? The only way you can get away with this shit is if you completely, uh, like, uh, the stranger, you, you uh, Robert Musil, man with no qualities. You just have to disappear. If you were ever compelled at all to be a bad guy, kill somebody. You can't because the stranger where the guy decides to kill a random stranger on the beach. That's gotta be your that's gotta be your jam. And on top of that, let me tell you what happened. On top of that, the other area of exposure, if you want to live your life semi as a bad guy, the other area of exposure that you have to fear. You know, I don't know if any of you were in the program, any of you friends of Bill's. You know, A-A-N-A-S-A, you know what I'm talking about. There's a thing that you, there's a part of part of the 12 steps, and I could have this wrong because I wasn't in the program for any length of time, S-A, <laughs> but amends. I've had people call me up. This girl, Mary, calls me up. Hey, remember when I said I was going to show up and see your new puppy? No. Well, I did. I said I was going to show up and see your new puppy. Okay. And I didn't show up to see your new puppy? All right. I'm sorry about that. Great, Mary. Got to go. Somebody calls me really and says, I got to tell you something. What's that? Well, you know, and the confession, the the, the diarrhea, I told everybody everything. I just want you to know that I... Someone says, you know, you know, when I just thought it would be funny that I could invite you over for dinner and then, then Mike wouldn't, you know, husband Mike wouldn't, well, he found my, so now I said, could you send me a picture of Mike, please? Well, you know, I go, just send me a picture of Mike, please. So 
He knows what I look like. So now I need to know what can that guy's walking up on me? Well, I don't know. I don't know. The complete the success. I mean, this is why serial killers are so successful, generally, unless it's some dumbass like localized, like a Gacy or a Dahmer, is that they're just leaving it all up to the winds of fate, which is not organized crime. And I'm not even talking about, you know, in Germany, they have the right to be forgotten as part of the internet protocol, right? I mean, if Archer were listening, he, he listens later, he'll come in and leave in the comments. But I think that's like now a European thing. If you decide, I don't want to be part of social media, I'm out, I'm done. They say it's your right to be forgotten. But it's hard for you to forget, to be forgotten. So that's it. This is a long, long, long prelude <laughs> with the David Yao substack. Now, I'm going to, like, as always, I'm going to give you a backstory. And I consider David Yao, uh, you know, there's some people who, based on the relationship, I'm sure they would be quite surprised that I feel as passionately about them as I do. Tom Mallon, former drummer from American Music Club, uh, was one of those guys. I was walking by the Stone one night in San Francisco, and he was doing live sound for somebody. He said, no, they don't go on for a couple hours. And we just stood there on the sidewalk and talked for a long time. Tom was from Staten Island, another another New Yorker. So we just like had no idea. It's like the greatest conversation ever. Richard Kern, I show up at his house at one point. I said, Kern, I need to take a nap. He goes, well, I'm editing photos. Go ahead. I'm going to go into Kern's bed. I'll take a nap. Wake up two hours later refreshed. I was like, I got to go, Kern. He's like, all right, Eugene, no questions, nothing. Didn't ask what I was doing in New York City. Nothing. Perfect. These are friends that you need to have. And I feel this way about, about Yao. So at one point, I had written a piece, um, I don't know, almost a year ago. And it was about him. And somebody, it could have been one of you, on a back channel said, and I'm doing this to explain, we do the five easy pieces on him. And I'm doing this to explain question number three. Question number three is like, See, it might seem, it might seem uh, out of pocket. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. This is encouraging you to read the Substack on David Yao. Question number three, and so, and, and so somebody said, "Look, you, you got to ask him about that." So I ask him about it, and he he gives me the third choice. I give choice one, choice two, choice three. He gives me the third choice, which is to not to cheat it, to be avoided under any cost. And I was like, your answers were kind of sparse, all five. And he goes, this is not quite that easy, easy pieces. I go, no, no, I, I just want you to give some real thought to this. And I said, and I didn't address the fact that people had said to me, why don't you ask him about this? Because he's been quoted. So, you know, I do remember that somebody said that, uh, that I, I'll give you the quote. And he said, uh, I don't want to give the quote in actual fact. I love this guy. So I, I'm not turning this into a me too thing. He, his career at this point is based on, is based on, um, is based on the goodwill of the people. So I'm not even going to say what, what, what he had said, but I, I made light of it. Now, this is like the thing with me and Mary and Faithful, where she's unhappy with the mix of the song we did together. They wanted to participate in the mixing of the song 
Okay, every time I contacted them about participating in the mix of the song that Mary and Faithful and I did together, they weren't not responding. So what the fuck? We just mixed it the way we mixed it. Diamanda Giles complained and said, you murdered her in the mix, right? We didn't murder her in the mix. That's a good mix. And she goes, yeah, no, it's not. Okay, well, I disagree. In the Metallica mix she did, that's a sucky mix, but whatever, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And I start to think, well, for me, Oxbow is a hobby. For her, Marion Faithful is a full-time job. She should have some sort of due diligence, be able to control the outcome, because this is everything for her. Same with Yao. This is his whole world. This is my idle curiosity. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get the guy in trouble. So it's it's a thin line that I, thin line that I that I'm trying to where I want to talk about it, and I got that I got that weird sense of humor. Where like I said, I'm a really difficult person to offend. Stupidity offends me, but there's very little else that offends me, which is weird because we're cycling back to the to the uh, to the uh, Craig Jones thing. That's not, I don't I'm not offended. It's a big difference. I watched a Dave Attell special last night. I laughed about 25 times. And it was from 1996. So there were jokes that were a little bit out of pocket, contextually, and I laughed at those too. But setting up cameras in the women's changing room at a jujitsu academy, when you got cats like Lloyd Irvin around, when you got Cyborg Abreu, and you got rape allegations from here, Zhao Perini, it's not fucking funny, man. But in my mind, funny is as funny does and laughter is involuntary. If what Craig Jones had made me laugh, I'd have laughed. So I'm not, I'm very difficult to offend. But I wanted to address it. And he goes, like, I'm not going to deal with it. And I pushed him. And then finally he came back with a perfectly reasonable response to question number three, which I like. Nuanced and smart and not set himself up for any kind of future gotcha moment. Speaking of gotcha moments, people think the show's not planned. Didn't we have one last night? <laughs> uh, now listen, my picks last night were bottom of the barrel. Bottom. I don't think I got, I think I had three picks. I got one right. That's fine. Caitlin. I never would have picked under any circumstance. I need to level set my 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 insanity around Caitlin Chukakians. But let's just talk about Giga Chigatsi and Calvin Cater. I I picked Chigatsi to win. I don't think anybody, I don't <laughs> I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody would have thought about picking Calvin Cater and not felt like that was an insane, insane pick. All right. I don't think anybody, if I had said, I'm going to pick Calvin Cater to win, the, given the odds, everybody, he's just crazy. You're not going to beat a guy who's won seven, eight or nine in a row, whatever you got to years. I don't remember. Especially not after I saw Cater get, piecemealed by by Holloway, where Holloway is talking to the corner, pa-pa-pa-pa, But what you saw here was something really interesting, and it's answered a question I've had for a long time about boxing versus kickboxing. And kickboxing really needs to talk about itself in terms of kicking with some boxing, not kickboxing. 
All right, V-Rod. All right. Um, and I often wonder what would happen now. Now, what happened is, and this is almost another sympathy for the Baldwin thing, because your understanding, if you go to fight, engage in a fight, you sign a contract, you know, and, and you agree to fight, and you come off of a lot like holiday, way the Uzi does business, you, hey, most of us are not lucky enough to know how thin the ice is when we're on thin ice. I've gone into a weekend having a relationship. Had the girlfriend who was acting a little funny on a Friday night. Figured, oh, no, maybe it's PMS. Who knows? In the hour, no relationship. <laughs> no relationship. Didn't see it coming. Didn't know how thin the ice was. At least this is clearly determined in the oofsie. And they're all different levels of thin ice in the UFSI. Right? There's the executive gatekeeper. There's a basement gatekeeper. There's a phantom toll booth. There's a dark star. There's a Todd Duffy. They're all different variations. Different variations. Which is like saying variations, variations. Variant variations. Calvin Cater wasn't going to stick around to find out. I got the fifth place. My ticket still says five. I want it to say five. I'm going to maintain it saying five for as long as I can. And this hype train and Giga 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 say is talking about the the, the mermaid, the uh, uh, <laughs> you know the Hawani, and he's paying attention to everybody else. So they talk about the Giga kick, and it it really is. Um, yeah, exactly. Todd Duffy, if you watched last week's show, you know we had a Todd Duffy sighting here, a buddy of mine at work. And Giga's talking about this and the, that, the plans, like the Husker Do song, the plans we make. He's talking about all that smack. Yeah, man. And this was, an ex- this was a win. This win was based on what? Not fight IQ. Fight IQ is what you call it. When the guy is in the cage and making calls that show some sort of evolution of thinking and, and analysis about what's currently happening. When you do that shit beforehand, that's your team. And so they looked at solving the riddle of what you got say and said, I'm imagining they said this. They go, you know, kickboxers are not especially good boxers. And in fact, if you go to Muay Thai and you see some of these cats, what they're really good at is shit that's either it's shit that's completely illegal in boxing. Elbows, elbows, knees, kicks. The boxing portion of Muay Thai or 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 kicks and knees, maybe elbows. But if you take if you take a kickboxer, a Muay Thai guy, a lightweight person, and put them against a stand-up boxer, they're getting smoked. Calvin Cater is not a great boxer, but he's a good MMA boxer. So what else does he have to do to remove kicks from the equation? Threaten a takedown. And people like the commentators are like, oh, he's just holding them on the ground. He's holding them on the ground long enough in a way so that he doesn't get called get for inaction and get stood up, but he can grind on the guy, grind on the guy, grind on the guy. 
one, causing the guy a certain amount of trepidation about lifting that leg off the ground, and two, wearing on him. If he's been training with grappling and he's been training with grappling in the context of his striking, he'll stand up and his cardio will be fine. First thing you notice when Giga gets up is he's toasted. I know this from training training with, down with Kung Lee's guys. I was going to jiu-jitsu seven days a week. I, I challenged Jose Palacio. I said, oh, come on, let's get, let's get in. Let's do some stand-up rounds. Because <laughs> I figured it's a stand-up round. It's three minutes. I could easily do I'm going to do six to eight minutes with grappling. <laughs> three, I could I could barely make it three minutes. The likely and 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 when he at one point as we started to kind of grapple when I got my hands on him I was like oh that god it's like an oasis. If it was pure MMA, I got to stand up again. Giga stood up again. And it was like, can we get a restart? Nope, you're fucked. So that train is derailed, and somebody else said it best. This is this is good. One of the commentators did say that this is actually fundamentally good for Giga because a smart, educable fighter goes back, mm, that sucked, and they learn. Never trust these guys with undefeated records, and he'll be given an opportunity to learn. And next battle for him will be a battle of the head. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Okay! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! You know, get that, get that, get the yips, get them out of your head. The jitters, you're fine. Georgians are fine. Yeah, it's your ability. The thing is, and this is why you know it's it's weird, interesting. Like the ones who do well. Uh, uh, you know, talk about dog fights. You get, you know, if you're a dog fight, dogs do well. I mean, people who, and I often thought this about my personal fighting style, even though dude just said, "Hey, it's not all about you, Eugene." Yeah, okay, whatever. And that said, I usually start out, I start out pretty soft, because I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm having doubts, you know, crisis of confidence, and the other guy's going really hard, and the guy like it hit me, and I go, "What? That's it?" Yeah. All right. Well, it's maybe he's just trying to lure me. Let me let me pull it up to now. It's, the scale is ten. He just gave me a five. I'm giving a two. Let's push a little bit. Let me give him a three. Give him the guy a three. The guy comes back with an eight, and I'm like, what? That's it? Let me give him a four. He goes to ten, and I'm like, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> that's the way the the eleven MMA fights I had. That's the way they went. I got murked by by Chris Sanford and the guy who was a, the security guard at the mental patients clinic, the mental hospital. That guy got me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. So, Giga, Giggle, I think, won by losing because the real story is the next story. Does a guy get back on that esc- that that automated walkway to belt contention? Or has his number on the slip magically transmogrified into quadruple digits, and he's now in the in the phantom toll booth? Hey, I'm 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 here. Where are you? I I'm here. Where where where? I'm kind of next to Jeremy Stevens. Oh, okay. We'll get back to you. Uh, Kuchegi, I finally figured out 
that uh, you know that uh, I, I don't don't not a big fan of her her or her style, and I think Jennifer Maya did better than she did last time. And like Rollins used to say, I only I, I fly because I think by looking at the at the wing that I can keep the plane the 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 I can keep the wing on the airplane by staring at it, and if I look away, it'll fall off and will crash. And I was like, yeah, I kind of feel that way every time I look away from from Jennifer Maya, something terrible happened. So I have to like stare unblinking at the screen for her to win. That's a lot of commitment. Exactly. It's exactly like the Beetlejuice waiting room. That's exactly where I got it from. So, you know, I'd like to, uh, um, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to say that, uh, I mean, good at your track it's, it's fundamentally different from how I felt about Chuck Liddell, who I just ignored and thought he didn't have it. I think I've, I've understand her completely. I just don't think they have any talent that's commensurate. And the times I've seen her beaten, I've enjoyed immensely. So I just need to focus on when she's getting punched in the face and enjoy those brief moments. And if she wins or loses, it's got nothing to do with me, really. And yeah, I'm a little bitter, but you're not returning my calls. Yeah, And I'm, I'm that way with everybody. Not just her. Issa Rae. Stanford grad as well. I felt like I discovered her show on YouTube. Went to try to get an interview with her for Ozzy Fish. She goes, I'm too busy. Too busy. I'm writing about you. It's not like I'm asking for a day or an hour. Answer my fucking email questions. And then when I saw her at Ozzy Fest, you know, she's like, oh, looking at me. I'm like, fuck <laughs> the fucking, get the fucking fuck off. So I'm a bitter guy that way. Anyway, and then there were a couple of other fights. Chase Sherman, somebody said that there was a sad story. One of you on the Twitter machine was saying about how badly done Chase Sherman was. So I couldn't really take take delight in Collier's win. I was feeling happy because there's a guy I roll with who's 264 now. And when I saw Sherman under a 264-pound guy, I was happy because I, I'm – ragdoll by our 264 pound guy but i didn't look as bad as chase sherman what else was there um the only don't care in the card that uh that became a care for me now is slava claus that shit was oh yeah 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 that was something oh yeah he lost his home and his wife dumped him yeah man so i can't feel that great about it uh, and part of the oopsie had something to do with that, I'm guessing, you know, um, money issues. Yeah, exactly. So I can't feel it'd be one thing if he was a fireman, but he's not. He probably writes on his tax return fighter, which means Mr. Beach House has something to do with the fact that. the. But listen, 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 let me tell you something. And you could say I'm shallow and short sighted about this. But it's a rare man that is left by his woman who's holding it down in the bedroom. Like Big Mama says in Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that's the truth. It doesn't mean that guys who, who are good in bed are not dumped. But the way that women dump guys who are good in bed is very different. You know what they do? They stop having sex with the guy who's good in bed because they don't feel sexy about themselves or to torture him for any variety of reasons. So they're not exposed to all that meaty goodness. Eugene tells himself. 
And if you're not exposed to all that meaty goodness, then it becomes very easy to dump that man. But if the guy's holding it down, like Big Mama says in the Katnahatimu, nobody's going anywhere. Oh, he got reamed because of taxes. Yeah, well, listen, like they said, the Colonel, uh, 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 um, the Martin Sheen's character, break real fucking program. Don't have tax problems and think you're going to stay in America. Fuck that. Take all your money and flee, and that's that. <laughs> that's that. Good luck to you, and have no plans of returning. You'll be fine. As Roman Polanski, if he's got if he's got cash problems, Roman Polanski, who I'm sure will be quite happy to have video cameras in the ladies' locker room. You see what I did there? So Slava, Slava was great. Slava was great. Royval, yeah, I saw that tap, and I knew that they wouldn't, and it was. But you know what? <laughs> now Bontarine, credit to him. I've made taps like that. I've made taps like that. Did you tap? No. I was just adjusting position. Just happened to, and I have to honestly say, I have to honestly say, I've had guys, and I and they go like this, and I'll pause, and I'll go, was that a tap? And I've seen guys go through that. They go, eh, and then I'll tighten it a little bit. And they go, yeah, it's a tap. And I don't know. You always got it. This is due diligence. You got to check. You got to check. Yes. So I can't think. I think I watched way. I think I watched twice as many of the fights. Um, and I, were there anything to write home about? Like Mr. Iz says, I'd have been better off probably what, and I don't want to take shit away from the fighters because it's fundamentally not their responsibility. It's like a band comes into town and 10 people there. Whose fault is it? I look at the promoter. Make us love these fights. Next week, uh, uh, Nganu against uh, Gan. You think, oh my God, it's a pay-per-view, $75 card. How many cares do you think I had? Care, don't care comes tomorrow. How many cares do you think I had on that? Tell you right now, three, three on that card. Seventy-five dollars, twenty-five dollars per fight. And and I'm sorry, Mister Mister DT, I got your very long tweet DM, and I disagree in total. And I'm going to read you a bit of. I'm sure I'm sure Mister DT won't mind you won't won't mind to read. And I, I disagree. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Give me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second here. All right. All right. Here we go. So, um, Mr. DT, um, uh, he was, let's call him industry insider. I'm not going to, uh, and it's very, very long. And he, he knows a few things about a few things. Yeah. So he says, uh, the, the signed on, he said about last week's show, to see the Francis story playing out, it's absurd to me. And I very much understand the music, ent- the entertainment biz. It's about all I know. I'm watching this Francis thing while me and my wife are sick as dogs, likely sick with you know what. Then I find out, okay, the ba da ba da ba um, he goes, um, these motherfuckers work two to three times a year at most, 
Yes, they don't get paid like other sports, but other sports have a larger base, more funding, and been around many more years. Francis will not get my sympathy for working for half a million to get inside a cage. He know, especially considering five out of five people I know have no idea who he is. And he refuses to promote his own fights. He seems to think the punches he throws are all he has to do as a brand. We don't get that luxury even in music. Making the music is 10% of the job. And if you're indie, even more is on your shoulders to make your brand viable and valuable. I know UFC doesn't pay fighters right, but this outrage culture needs to be tempered a bit. These are grown adults with 1099s. They are their brand. He'll go over with whatever shark is running uh, Jake Paul's promotion. Then it will all seem good for a year or two at most until it goes the way of affliction into obscurity. If I was a fighter, I'd link with the joke of the media MMA has and come up with realistic ways of improving pay, but also understanding the current market. People are struggling right now. It's off-putting to hear a man who wants to just complain about making more in one night than I'll ever make while thinking he is also is owed something as far as a brand that he won't even try to build himself. Sorry for the long DM, but I probably picked yeah, okay, the but the but but um actually now that I read it out loud, um I'm on the ground fighting to not be homeless and try to push these devil politicians to help the people they serve, while Francis hates five hundred thousand dollars for a night's work. <laughs> um uh, listen, 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 listen. I disagree. I disagree. It sounds suddenly reading it out like that, you know, it's kind of bit of sense, but I disagree with him on the on the count of it's how about how, let me let me put it a different way. I would agree if dude wasn't given twenty thousand dollars to bring hookers, two thousand dollars to American waitresses, or thirty six million dollars for Malibu beach houses. Technically that was probably for Tita, but you know what I mean. I would agree if uh, fighters were picking up more than 20% of, of, of um, I don't know what the breakdown is at any company I worked at, but let's see. When I left Apple, I was making $1,000 a year at Apple. Tim Cook, they just found out, paid himself $100 million. <laughs> okay. Okay, he was not the CEO when I was there, so I'm not good with the numbers. Maybe the numbers were a little bit different. Who knows? But the point of the the, the reality of it is, it's like if I buy all of what he said in his text, then I have to somehow allow that 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 uh, uh, Sugar Tits O'Malley was right, and that this is entertainment, capital E, sports. Lowercase s is what we're talking about. Sports entertainment. Ah, then don't complain about Jake Paul because that's sports entertainment. And so I think I think that Engano should be. I mean, you know, did you see the picture on on Cater's site of him and and Chikatse in the emergency room after getting treated? I guarantee you. Looking at Chigate's face and looking at what he got paid for last night, none of us are going to think that's a good idea. If I say to you, I'll give you that much money and you let me do that to your face, you would say no. Yeah, the promoter's job is to take the money, you know, <laughs> um, and 
it's also, you know, the people, you know, you know, you know, the best times I've had negotiating when I haven't negotiated. I mean, do you ever wonder about the lot? Do you ever wonder now that I'm VP of a, of a major of a major agency? Do you ever wonder how it is that somebody gets a million dollars for a contract? Now, if you were really good with numbers and you were an engineer, you could say, well, I'm going to have to hire 30 people to do this job. Jobs. This is what I have to pay them. It's how much I'm into them for health insurance. It's how many hours I expect it will take. I'm estimating. So this is how much I'm going to spend if I'm going to break even. This is how much I have to spend if I'm going to make a profit. Gotcha. So I figure a million dollars. And how much of a profit do you think any organization is cutting themselves in? From the iPhone that I have here to the, the iMac that I'm talking on, what kind of profit? 50%? People collects for these materials I have is 80% profit. Net, gross. You know where I'm going with this. Not asking for a handout with the oofsie. Asking for a hand. Half a million dollars is insignificant to me. It's only, look, when I was painting houses and moving, uh, painting houses and moving furniture, I got 350 for power wash a house for two days. Yeah, exactly. Power wash a house for two days, I got 350. I asked a guy who was who was who got the job was a friend of mine how much we were getting total for the job, and it was more honesty test. I didn't give a shit. I wanted to see what he would say, and he told me, "Well, I'm getting five thousand dollars for the job." But wow, it's cool. I wasn't going to say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe you could kick me a little bit of something extra here, bro." I wasn't going to say that, and I didn't say that. He felt guilty and broke me off five hundred dollars for the job. He's like, and he's really, well, I, I, I found, I, I don't care, man. I don't care. You could come to me, as you did, and say, power wash this house for me, will you? Two days, it's two days work. We, I'll, I'll give you 350 for it. I would do as I've done. Take it. People have come to me for jobs and said, this is what I'll pay. And I've gone, nah, not going to do it. It's not worth it. I need more. Pay or don't pay. Cash is an abstraction. Now, Gano cites a contract. This is where it gets dicey, but he's already notified of his intent. I'm not going to keep working for this. And he's fully entitled to do this. And you got to understand the optics of it suck. Then half these guys have seen their entire lives. Stop it. Not asking for a handout. Now, if you got that much money to throw around on beach houses, hookers, and waitresses, you could pay your fighters a little bit better. A little bit better than what, Mr. Robinson? A little bit better than 20%, regardless of me not knowing who the fuck they were. Slava Kloss, I didn't know. I was perfectly entertained. That guy's a care now. He's right, I'm paying attention to. How much did he get? I hesitate to even find out, and I can't now because of how they change the rules. I hesitate to find out by pushing too hard and asking around what he got paid for that fight. That would be epic. 
I'm sorry for those of you just listening. Mr. Is left a comment that I responded to about uh, Ngannou leaving the UFC with the belt and going to to Bellator, (laughs) who would probably give him a lot of cash and a clause in his contract that would let him fight Tyson Fury. Well, he'll he'll get peace to death, but it doesn't matter. It matters for some of these guys, but not for all of them. I mean, I just went through this. You realize with the Aussie thing. For nine years, I I dealt with threats and abuse. Why do you think we get, uh, if I did it, went to by the wayside? Why my my Viceland column, my my Fightland column in in, uh, uh, Viceland, why do you think where that that went? You know, all this stuff. Why I had to kill Knuckle Up, one of the reasons I had to kill Knuckle Up. I was driven by threats and imprecations for nine years. I was party to it. And when they came and said, tear down the Substack, I had this think and I go, yeah, no. I had my Billy Jack moment right then. Yeah, too much has gone on for too long. Sorry to mix movies from Billy Jack to uh, Taxi Driver. Too much has gone on for too long. I'm done with you. No, you do what you got to do. I'm not getting rid of the Substack. God move my, it should be applauded. Because you got to understand, when you do as I've done, there are no regrets. I have a regret about leaving Apple to to, to go to Adobe. I regret that. Like I would have regretted betting the house on 17 black if I was playing roulette and it came up 35 red. Bucket, gambled, wrong, and it stunk. Second, on that substack. Was a, was a bad idea. It felt like, oh, you said, well, what about if I was here, gotten sold and made a million dollars and then, you know, your stock options, oh, well, I want to feel bad about that because that was the right thing. Paying Francis and Gano more despite the dude in his deep homeless is the right thing. Giving the fighters more than 17% or 20% is the right thing. And any of these fucking company people saying any otherwise, they suck. So I have to say, you can watch, you can watch for my picks tomorrow on Care Don't Care. I think it debuts at noon. You can watch them, but no, there's caused me to pick company guy Cyril Gone. Very little, very little, very little. And like I say, I like seeing hype trains derailed. But like I said on last week's show or two weeks ago, I don't believe that dude. I, I don't. I, I don't believe he can lose. I don't believe he's got bad losing. He's winning whether he wins or whether he loses. He's winning. It depends how he loses, though, and it's the one X factor. Yes, yeah, Cyril and his team are company guys. They're back in his play. Friends of my friends are my friends. Enemies of my uh, friends. Enemies of my friends are my enemies. John, an answer to Mr. Is. No, the only fight that I picked, uh, I think I picked uh, uh, Roy Val over uh, Bontarini. Bontarini. So we'll find out. I think I had three three cares on the card. I don't remember what they are off the top of my head, except for the main one. And I, I picked Ngano. So you heard it here first. It'll be on Care, Don't Care tomorrow.
there's nothing, nothing that would cause me to pick any differently. Even if I, even if I saw God walking with a machine gun, I wouldn't pick him. I like I, but I'm gonna quote Ian McShay from Deadwood. Yankton is muscle, and I don't like muscle. That's it. End of the show. Now the kid was not napping when I started the show. She is, yeah, exactly. To bring a tank, I'm not picking you. She is now sleeping. So to end a one, a nine, it'll have to be a quiet outro. However, I want you all to think about something and mention it in the comments after a, a, a below video. But we, next week is 200. Mr. JW has his, his present, so does Nancy. So I, I delivered on, finally delivered on presents, surprises. I have I have something. You you heard me talk about on the old show, and I, I, it's now in the other room, and I don't want to open the door because it'll wake the kid up. It's in the other room. David Blaine-esque act of, uh, act of ledger domain where he, during the course of rolling, I got his stripes, he got my stripes, but on the top of it, he somehow got my belt, took it home, cut it, re-sewed it, brought it back shorter. And I thought, no, it's just I've gained weight. I got a new gi. It fits differently. It's smaller. He shows up today with a length of belt like that. I go, you did cut it. You did. He's like, eh, well, maybe, maybe not. What sounds crazier? It's like, it's a David Blaine universe. But I have a length of my brown belt that's about that long right now. It's about that long. I could go in the other room and get it, but that's pointless. I'm going to auction off. The 264-pound Romanian offered me $50 for it. Why? Because he wants to use it as a keychain fob. Oh, oh, you don't even, doesn't even stop there. <laughs> he, he took the black portion of it off, the portion that they wrapped the tape on, and then disappeared, swapped it all while we were rolling together his two stripes. He got my stripe and the black thing and another belt, cut it, brought it back. It, it's it's mind-blowing. It, to me, it's like devil's magic. But I was going to say, okay, well, great. I got my the tip of my belt. I can sew it back together. And I was like, I'm not going to. Ooh, my kid in. Something else I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to auction that off. So it's my brown belt that I've had for four years. It's about that long. $50 is the starting price. You could DM me if you're interested. I guess we should, the winner gets to be on the 200th version of the show next week. If you could think of something better, let me know. But that's all I got right now. Because I know that I could mail you that thing, put it in a single envelope, express mail envelope, bing, bang, boom, it's in the mail. I don't have to think about it. Instead of any packaging, a heavy duty thing like one of you. That's it. Only one, the only ones who know this are the ones who made it to the end of the show. Everybody else, they asked out. So this is the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Monday afternoon, uh, Martin Luther King Day, Care Don't Care goes. The Substack is out already. Next week, la, you know, uh, inshallah, we got uh, Ngannou having won. Uh, and we'll see you Sunday. Don't die on oh, my way. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I'm a fat SOB. 222 last week got me a little nervous. I got to back off. 
So I, I, 219 is a new weight. And also I made an appointment finally to get my heels fixed. So my heels get fixed January 31st. And then two weeks beyond that, I can start running again. So by the end of, end of February, early March, I'm back on the cardio. So things are going well, knock on wood. 199, Eugene S. Robinson. Look what you made me do.